Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. We're doing a Sunday night recording, which is very atypical for us. We normally do Monday morning. And I just want to say that so that if anything happens that we normally would have included, that's why it's not going to be in this episode. Yeah, you can blame Rosh Hashanah for that if you feel so inclined. <laughs> we are really going back to our roots. You remember, we always used to do this. I know. I forgot what it was like, but I remember now that it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the real reason was that it it was just becoming so counterproductive because every Monday morning, something would break and then we'd have to redo the entire intro. What do you think is going to break tomorrow? I mean, listen, we'll get into this in like 30 seconds. It's not that I personally am going to say that there's any sort of truth to the Kelly Coco Pete Davidson thing. I'm, I'm pleased I'm not saying that. However, if there were to be rumors that would break solidly, it would happen the Monday when we can't record a podcast. I would think that if I had to guess, the Olivia Munn confirmation is going to come through tomorrow. Now I feel as long as we have this kind of balloon policy, so everybody knows we're recording this at 10.07 p.m. on Sunday night, and that if we sound uninformed, it's just because of the time thing. Right. That makes me feel so much better. We have to start out with the Kelly Coco divorce news, which I will explain what happened. And then I have to touch on our DMs because this was really a moment where a pop culture story happens and the gratitude to having a podcast for me personally was like exponential. Yeah, I so agree. So Kelly Cuoco and her husband, Carl Cook, announced their divorce in a joint statement that was shared exclusively with people. For anybody that didn't see it, it read, quote, despite a deep love and respect for one another, we've realized that our current paths have taken us in opposite directions. We've both shared so much of our journey publicly. So while we would prefer to keep this aspect of our personal life private, we want us to be forthcoming in our truth together. There is no anger or animosity, quite the contrary. We've made this decision together through an immense amount of respect and consideration for one another and request that you do the same in understanding that we will not be sharing any additional details or commenting further. So two quick questions that I know everybody had because he is the son of a billionaire. He himself also makes a lot of money in addition to her, but I think between the two of them, 
he is wealthier. And so they apparently have an ironclad prenup. They started dating in 2016 and they were married 2018. So it was a relatively short-lived romance, I guess you could say. Yeah, people were very surprised by this. I mean, I don't know if it was the filming of the rom-com with Pete Davidson or just the fact that the announcement seemed very sudden. But for a marriage that I don't feel like Hollywood was particularly invested in, the reaction to the divorce was very exponential. I have to imagine that the Pete Davidson thing intensified the response. Even again, like I said, even if there is not even a speck of truth to it, it's just a like sexier story to run with. I think also people were pulling up her anniversary post from June 30th, which was their three-year anniversary, which was like a very gushy, loving anniversary post. And I think that whenever a divorce announcement comes soon after an anniversary post, people are always kind of shocked. Yeah. And also on top of that, I feel like recently Kelly Cuoco has been a little bit more just in the orbit because of the popularity of the flight attendant. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. I mean, I really, really like her. She's always kind of been... I think, in the orbit of Hollywood, I think especially because her red carpet looks have been incredible recently. And so she's kind of top of mind for that. But her relationship, I don't think was one that people were paying very close attention to. But there were people were shocked when this announcement came. I was shocked, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was too. I mean, again, specifically, because we had just had a conversation about her and Pete, and not and them not hooking up, like it just had to do with where Pete goes from here. Yeah. Okay. Let me break this down for you guys so you can understand what it was like on our end. So last week or two weeks ago, we have the whole conversation about how now that Pete Davidson and Phoebe Denver have broken up, I made a comment. Like I think I verbatim said, I just could see him potentially with an older woman. And I was like, listen, I know Kelly Cuoco's married. I am not putting anything in that direction. However, seeing them filming their movie together really got me thinking. And after that podcast was released, we got so many DMs being like, you're probably thinking that because of Kate Beckinsale, which we both completely forgot about, not only in the recording process, but also in the editing process. Like neither one of us mentioned he has been with an older woman. I guess we just completely forgot about that. I certainly did somehow. Yeah, somehow. And so that happens, right? And then this news breaks. And when I tell you within the news of Kelly's divorce breaking, we probably got 250 messages of people being like, holy shit, you guys, is this the Pete Davidson older woman you guys are talking about? (laughs) You know, it was really funny to me. The amount of people like, oh my God, you guys manifested that. And I was like, we did no such thing. (laughs) It's just like, just to go kind of off topic for one second, because the way that we do our company is so limited to like interaction with people, you know, because we're so behind the scenes and having the podcast is the only way we communicate. There is something intoxicating about that level of response because it really makes me feel like we are so connected to everybody that listens, you know? Well, what's really funny is that we got tagged in a lot of posts too. Like we got tagged in a couple of TikToks, nothing like insane, but a couple of TikToks and a couple of like people post about it and e-news post about it. And it was just making me laugh so hard for people that have no idea why people would be commenting at comments by celebs like you called this, you made this happen, like as if we wanted them to get divorced. No, I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. I don't know. I just, if you are somebody that messaged us or if you ever do anytime something like that happens and you have a thought based on something that you heard on the podcast, I just appreciate it because it makes me feel so connected. I just, I fucking love it. Yeah, no, it is my favorite thing in the entire world. It is absolutely so much fun. So for 30 seconds, not to really engage in this because it's all hearsay and I think just honestly, mostly fantasy based at the current moment, 
you want to just hypothesize about a potential Kelly Cuoco Pete Davidson romance? Oh, I don't know. I mean, listen, crazier things have obviously happened. I think anytime that there's a movie being filmed and one of the co-stars is single and then the other one becomes single, you're obviously going to take that a step further and look at it. I don't know if that's necessarily the case here, but again, if it did end up being that, I I can't say I'd be surprised. If anybody could break up a marriage, and I don't mean this in the sense that like he's done this before. I just mean like I think that if anybody has the power to, it's certainly Pete Davidson. Well, let me be really clear in my stance. I think there is absolutely no world that Kaylee and her husband broke up because of Pete. Like even if something is going on, I just want to say that and again, I totally could be wrong. However, now that she is single, wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if they had a little romance. And by the way, when she was dating Johnny Galecki, her Big Bang Theory co-star from 07 to 09, that was pretty secret. So a secret romance is not something that she's unfamiliar with. Again, I'm speaking completely hypothetically more so just because it's fun to do. I mean, I can't think of anything more fun than if that were to be the case. <laughs> can you imagine? No, I mean, I yes, I can imagine. I absolutely can imagine them dating. I mean, it it would make perfect sense to me. It would just be wild. But then again, these romances that seemingly pop up from a place that you least expect it, aka Harry and Olivia, Olivia Munn and John Mulaney, like that seems to be the trend right now. So if the next people joining them are Kaylee and Pete Davidson, I can't say I'd be upset about it. I will say that if this ever comes out to be true, the parallels between this and the Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde thing is, I mean, unbelievable. We don't have this as a story, but did you see that Harry had his first live show back and it was in Vegas and Olivia was there? Yes, I did. I mean, how could you miss it? It was all over TikTok, but I was still excited to talk about it. Yeah, no, I know. I, I think I'm just getting excited over something that doesn't exist. However, keep an eye out. You never know. I feel like celebrity news has been really out of pocket recently, so that would line up with it. Well, that's what we basically prayed for. Right. We love causing chaos. We literally sat on this podcast and we're like, we just want some crazy shit to happen. I did not will a Kaylee and <laughs> Pete hooking up. Like, I did not will Kaylee Cuoco getting divorced for Pete Davidson. Like, if I had that kind of power, that's not who Pete Davidson would be with right now. No, of course. I <laughs> I recognize that, Julie. <laughs> I just want everyone else to. <laughs> also, by the way, like, I want her to be happy. She seems like such a great person. I just think that clearly this marriage wasn't working out. So her getting divorced is probably the smart move anyway, regardless of Pete. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I also think that I appreciate, it doesn't really matter, but if I'm just ranking the way that I view the mediums of a divorce announcement, I always prefer like a statement to people as opposed to an Instagram post. No, you know what the worst is? A joint Instagram post where each person posts the same photo in the same caption. That has very Elizabeth Army Hammer vibes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. 
And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. I, for one second, just want to go back to May of this year when John Mulaney and his wife, Anna Marie Tendler, announced their divorce. And it was just a few days later when the news of him allegedly dating Olivia Munn came out. And I remember we were on the podcast talking about it. We referenced this quote of hers from years ago where she was kind of talking about her admiration for him. We spoke about how when it was announced in December of last year that he was going to rehab, that she had sent him her well wishes on Twitter. And so we were all, I would say, as the public kind of just starting to wrap our heads around that relationship. And then, and you can tell me if you think this timeline is accurate, I would say in the last month, so for maybe mid-July until now, there have been rumors circulating about her potentially being pregnant. But I don't think it's until this last week when they started to kind of circulate a little bit more heavily. So who knows? But I just want to throw that out there and talk about it because now the rumors can't really be ignored. We didn't say anything earlier because they were just here and there. Whereas now I feel like it's coming at it full force. Yeah. The previous rumors like weren't even worth acknowledging in my book, like not even on the podcast. I literally just mean to each other. Like I, I felt like it didn't have enough steam to, but in the past week or so, it's definitely picked up and there's definitely been a lot of talk on Twitter about it as well. And a couple of other Instagram sites that have posted DMs from people confirming or saying that, you know, they have direct knowledge. It's really, really interesting when you consider John Mulaney's entire career. And by that, I mean, and so many people have pointed this out, but his career was really centered around loving his wife and not wanting kids. Like that was so much what his stand-up was about. So it's really interesting to see him move on to this new phase of being divorced and potentially expecting a child. I know. And I think that that's why I'll put it like this. People would be interested in this regardless because of how seemingly quick it's coming after the divorce announcement. But once you have the additional knowledge of like the basis of his comedy in a way, I just think it's it's peaking the interest level. And I want to quickly touch on what you said about Twitter because there's this part of Twitter that's, you know, just comedians. And what started to happen in the last week is a lot of people coming out saying, you know, I've been sitting on this piece of information for a while now, not saying it by name, but basically confirming it. Right, which is so interesting. I mean, so much of Twitter is is comedians because they get to really showcase their work. So that's what tends to happen. But there is a very small portion of Twitter right now that's saying like they've been sitting on this knowledge, which is so interesting to see because I feel like that's the part of the population we've been kind of waiting to see what they have to say about this. Yeah. Like if I'm being totally honest, I feel a little bit weird talking about it on a podcast since I feel like so much of what we talk about is like not speculating pregnancy, but these rumors are absolutely everywhere. And I want to acknowledge it. And I also want to be honest in saying, yeah, I a hundred percent think it's true. If you said to me, what do you think? Yes or no, no bullshit. I would tell you I 100% think it's true. And I think that we will find out in a few months. I think so too. I mean, 
The thing with John Mulaney that's so interesting is that he is really private. You don't get social media from him. He's not always doing interviews or anything like that. And even when he does do interviews, his interviews are really told as stand-up stories most of the time. So it's not like you get an intimate look at his life. But as stand-up, you do get that look at his life. And we haven't seen any new material since this new chapter he's moved into. So it'll be really interesting not only to see what happens with these pregnancy rumors and whether or not it's true, but also to see once he's touring again and once he has Netflix specials out and comedy that we can actually see and hear from his point of view, what his count of this whole situation is, because obviously it's going to have to be worked into his material. Right. And the flip side of that for a second, and I don't even mean with Olivia, I'm talking about with Anna Marie, is that in general, her Instagram has always been beautifully curated. But since the divorce, I would say that she's treated it in a way as kind of like a diary. I'm specifically talking about, you know, the photo where she did dinner in July and it's her alone at the kitchen table or the one of her laying upside down on the stairs with the caption, you know, the Olivia Rodrigo lyric, God, it's brutal out here. And so I have no idea if this comes out, how or if she will comment on it in the form of her art kind of, but it's just another point to consider. Yeah, I'm incredibly interested to see if that plays out in a certain way on her social media. I mean, this whole thing is so interesting to me and the way that it's played out is definitely not in a way that I think anybody expected it to. Yeah. I don't know if you feel this way and I can't exactly pinpoint why I do because I honestly really do have a very limited knowledge of the situation but just because all of the players involved, I definitely wouldn't say are the most forthcoming with information about their own lives, but But to me, there's a general sense of sadness that kind of surrounds us. And I don't know if that's a fair read of it, but it's happening for me and I'm trying to figure out why. No, I, I, well, I think that there definitely is. I mean, first of all, we know that the divorce wasn't really brought on by her. It was something that she wasn't happy with. And after their divorce statement was released, she gave a quote saying that she was upset that he decided to divorce her. I mean, I think anytime you are intimately aware of a relationship ending because of one party and not a mutual decision, that obviously is always going to have an air of sadness to it, especially a divorce. And especially with celebrities where you're so used to these kind of like really perfectly curated joint statements that make it seem like even though they're divorcing, everything is so happy and fine because, you know, it's the best for their image to be put forward in that way. I mean, Obviously, Hollywood has had very messy divorces, and I'm sure there are divorces that were so messy behind the scenes and kept so like neat with a bow on it to the public. And this is just not one of them. And on top of that, it was December of 2020 that John was in rehab, struggling with alcohol and cocaine relapse after 15 years of sobriety. And I mean, hopefully he's doing great and is still in recovery and is still sober. But I think that any time that somebody clearly has an emotional trauma like that, such as relapsing after 15 years, you're going to be concerned overall about the whole situation. So I think you're viewing it with a lens that isn't just like, oh, these two people got divorced and these two people met and maybe they're having a baby. Like it's a lot more layered than that. Yeah, it is more layered than that. I think, and you're right. I think for me, like if I wanted to analyze my thoughts on this, and I don't know if this is at all relatable to anybody listening, it's kind of like, let's say the pregnancy news is true, which like I said, I believe that it is. 
I would feel guilty for the sense of sadness because that in and of itself really is such a blessing. At the same time, I think my mind immediately went to his ex-wife. And you're right. It's a justified reaction because she has been outward in her lack of desire for the divorce. So it's not like, oh, you know, poor her kind of thing unwarranted. And again, I'm not saying poor her, but it's not the craziest thought to wonder how she's feeling since we know that she was very open about her sadness. So you're right. I'm glad that we talked that through. I feel a lot better, actually. I'm so happy you feel better. <laughs> what I do? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I know last week we made a description for our episode about Scott and Eunice, like Scott Disick DMing Eunice to voice frustration about Travis and Courtney was not on our bigo card. That's how I feel about this. Like John Mulaney potentially getting Olivia Munn pregnant was not on my bingo card. No, not on my bingo card. For sure not on it. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and obviously really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. So I know we normally don't love to talk about red carpets on the podcast because it's kind of not the best medium to do so since you theoretically would want to be looking at a photo while you hear people talk about it. But it would just feel almost sacrilegious to not talk about Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet on the red carpet at the Venice Film Festival. Her in that wet, nude, Balmain look. It was honestly, and I do not think that we are being overdramatic in saying this, for me at least, it was hands down my favorite red carpet of the entire year. Me too, a hundred million percent. I have to say, even on top of that, I felt like the entire Venice Film Festival and all the looks we were getting was just the red carpet that was like two years of COVID lacking in the making. Like it was the culmination of just so many missed red carpets because I felt like almost every single look I saw was just breathtaking and unbelievable. And I would put Zendaya absolutely at the top of all of that. She was in all of her looks. I mean, specifically this Balmain, but that brown off the shoulder Valentino. I wish, I'm so sorry that there's not a visual for this as we're talking, but I, you guys probably have seen it or if not, definitely look it up. Also, just a few honorable mentions. Dakota Johnson in that black Gucci suit, I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, you sent that and you were like, I can't even explain how much I love this outfit. Because I love when I see an outfit that I could see myself wearing. Like realistically, what Zendaya wore was so gorgeous, but there's just no world in which that would look good on me. Whereas that black Gucci suit, I 100% would wear that in a hypothetical world that we were going to a red carpet. Yeah, I could 100% see you in that. I also thought Kate Hudson in that black and Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. There was a lot. Isa Gonzalez. I, I think she's one of the most stunning women maybe ever. I'm telling you, everyone just brought it. First of all, Jake Gyllenhaal in that white suit was no. Like literally game over. No, he looks unreal. And Kate Hudson in the black, but also in the red, 
she is unreal. I text Julie, I would say once a week out of nowhere, something about my girl crush on Kate Hudson, don't I? Yes, you do. And you're so right in it. By the way, I remember a few weeks ago when that news about Jake Gyllenhaal, like not showering that frequently broke and everybody was so concerned. It went in one ear and out the other for me. I just, I just don't care. I'm so sorry. It didn't even go in one ear for me. Yeah. I was like, all right. Like, what? You think? I was, <laughs> no, never mind. It's going to take a lot more than the knowledge of his occasionally showering to make me lose attraction. Oh, yeah. I mean, to say the very least. To say the very least. Yeah. One more thing we have to talk about in terms of Venice, which I'm sure you guys have seen. If not, we're going to put the link in the description and quickly go watch this before you hear us talk about it. But there's this viral video of Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac on the red carpet for the screening of their movie Scenes from a Marriage. And it is this very affectionate display where they're kind of gazing into each other's eyes and he is kissing her arm and the whole thing just feels very sensual. And if you saw this and you didn't have any background knowledge, you would probably think that they are married to one another. Of course, that's not the case. They are both married, seemingly happily married to other people. They each have two kids. And he is apparently known for this, like that he's kind of infamous for really bringing the sexual tension on screen and for being relatively flirtatious with his co-stars while promoting the film, which is really what I think is going on here. I just think that the exact result is what they got of everybody kind of talking about it. And here we are. So do I think anything's happening? No. However, I was getting turned on from that a little. That was one of the most sexual things I've ever seen in my life. Not even just on a red carpet. Right? An upper arm kiss? I'm sorry. I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Me neither. And they look good together. You know, I honestly thought I was going crazy for a little bit because this was obviously everywhere, but the headline on it wasn't anything to do with either of them being married, like every single headline. And I'm not just talking about like tweets. I'm talking about like major news sources that were posting it being like this moment between Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac. And I'm like, am I the only one that's going to acknowledge that they're both married? I literally felt like I was going crazy until I saw it finally starting to pick up a little bit. But I think people like didn't realize or forgot. No, the entire internet momentarily forgot. And I think a lot of people also just didn't know because I don't think it's the craziest thing that you may not know the knowledge of both of their marital statuses. They're not necessarily celebrities that put it all out there. No, of course. It was just, I mean, listen, they're both married to very high profile people. It's just they're not public people. Right. It's just so funny because what are the odds that we happen to do that Jamie Lee Curtis comment on his wife Elvira's photo like the day before this all happened? Like she randomly, we've never spoken about her, I don't think ever. And then all of a sudden the video happens and we post the Jamie Lee Curtis comment. Well, it was that night and you were like format it. And I was like, are you sure? Because her husband right now is kissing Jessica Chastain's upper arm. I know. It was so hot. I mean, I think that they have all of us in the palm of their hands because they are getting so much publicity for this movie now and everybody's going to want to see if the on-screen sexual tension matches that of the red carpet. So like job well done across the board, totally. That being said, I was still very into it and I was very happy that the internet wanted to engage in that moment because you and I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, me too. And the story does come together a lot more when you have the understanding that he's very much known for this kind of display with his co-stars. So it definitely made it less like, uncomfortable for their spouses like when you have that knowledge but it was definitely like a little bit more than you would want from your husband or wife i mean yeah i always wonder this when it comes to actors or i guess just generally entertainers if they have a conversation ahead of time of like this display is going to have to happen and it's just 
there's a direct correlation between this and the performance of the movie. So they must, I guess, be okay with it. But I always wonder how those conversations go either before the fact or after the fact. I always wonder. I mean, I think this has to be like a very specific after the fact. And also, again, his wife is with him in Venice. So it's not like they're leaving spouses at home or anything here. Like this was just a red carpet moment to promote the movie and nothing more. But I have to imagine that there was a conversation, at least with her husband. Maybe his wife, like Oscar's wife, is kind of familiar with this, so she's okay with it. But I have to imagine that Jessica Chastain and her husband had to have had somewhat of a conversation after this occurred. Yeah, the only thing that I was thinking is he's Italian, her husband. He's actually like an executive of Montclair, I think. And typically Italian men, just part of their culture, have a much more of a romantic display. So I would have to imagine he maybe would be a little bit more okay with it than your average American husband. If I was Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson, I would do this on our red carpet screening. Julie, I was about to say, now, now, I didn't even know that I wanted this, but now this is what I want. But you know what's funny about Pete and Kaylee doing this is like, there's no way for that to be taken seriously. No, there's no way Pete could pull off like an arm kiss in the same way. No, he couldn't, but that's what would make it better. Oh, fuck. My mind is really going now. And you know what? I want Tom Holland and Zendaya to do it also. I want everyone to do an upper arm kiss on the red carpet. The Tom Holland and Zendaya thing for a second when he posted for her birthday and her comment, this is why we appreciate them because do you know how many times you guys, a couple posts and one of them will post for the other one's birthday and we're sitting there waiting for a comment, just waiting and they end up doing it and it's like a fucking red heart. And we're like, what are we supposed to do with this? And she has the best comment. It's a callback to something in his caption, it's just chef's kiss. You know that comment has about 970,000 likes on it? By the time we're, at the time we're recording this, I bet, well, when we're done, it'll be over a million. That is insane. The fans of them and the fans of the movie and the fans of them individually are wild. I think that fandom goes wildly undernoticed in terms of social media, but they are on their A game. Yeah, for sure. You know what's funny though? Is that I feel like there's some weird love triangle that I've made up in my head between Zendaya, Timothy, and Tom Holland, because obviously Zendaya and Timothy on the red carpet were just next level and they're clearly just friends. But when I see them, I'm like, oh, fuck, I love them two together. I know. I do have that moment go through my head, but I think I've recently developed this liking towards Tom Holland. And so it it wasn't coming into my brain space as much as I would have anticipated it to. I think it's because the red carpet happened basically at the same time as the Instagram post. Right. It was... She's just got it with her co-stars, Jacob Elordi too. No, that's that's what it is though. I just realized for me, I would have been thinking way more about her and Timothy if I wasn't coming off of the high from the Instagram thing. That's what it was. Yeah. If you have a really good Instagram comment on an Instagram post, and I mean a good comment, not an emoji, then like I'm automatically in favor of you as a couple. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. That's why I'm sitting here like checking. Channing? Yeah, like nonstop. I've checked it three times since we started recording to see if Zoe commented. All I do is check it. Well, no, because here's the thing. If the roles were reversed and she posted a photo that sexy, he probably would comment. However, she's like just too cool, right? Like why is she on her phone even? (laughs) No, you're so right. (laughs) What? What is she doing with the same piece of technology that we have? Yeah, no, that just seems preposterous. That is such a good point. And also what's interesting about them that I've noticed is that they were all like comedy, comedy. And then as soon as they go public and everyone sees pictures of them, it's radio silence. I get it, but it pisses me off as somebody who runs an Instagram that operates solely on comments. 
I run one too. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You're the only one that can understand this frustration. I just, I want, and you know what? They're both good at Instagram. They both have amazing comments. Channing has been on his A game in terms of comments recently. And Zoe has been amazing too. So like, can we just combine those two things and get the show on the road? Did you see Not Skinny But Not Fat storied his posts and she wrote like taken by North Vibes because he credited his daughter as the photographer? That was my first thought when I saw it as well. Like it's such a Kim move. That North took and accidentally posted has like lived far beyond what we ever expected it to. <laughs> Don't you agree? That gets referenced so often. No, but not just referenced like online, referenced in our own conversations. Yes. It's like a term. We'll be like, oh, that's such North took this vibes. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. One other thing we just wanted to quickly mention before the Kardashian recap is that the D'Amelio show just came out on Hulu. I think there's about eight episodes out right now. We've only watched the first couple. I've watched one. I think Julie's watched two or three. And it's basically, you know, a reality show about Charlie and her family and kind of their rise and how it all happened. And I will just say, I've only watched one episode, so I can't comment that much, but I went into it with no expectations and I was really pleasantly surprised. I don't know how you felt. No, I was too. I mean, again, I haven't watched all of it. If I'm being honest, I hesitated a little because I saw a lot of clips on TikTok and a lot of them were them crying. And I was just like, I can't watch them cry. It'll make me too upset. But then I realized that we kind of had to watch. But based on the response of TikTok, which is usually a very harsh judge of things like that, it seems like the show is accomplishing exactly what it set out to do. Well, that's what I was going to say, because the culture on TikTok can be so toxic. And honestly, that's really what they highlighted in the show that I was expecting when, you know, those 15 second, 30 second clips coming up on my For You page, I was expecting it to just be filled with people making a lot of fun of them because that seems to be where the internet thrives. And it wasn't. It was like people were stitching just the scenes of Dixie crying or Charlie crying and not in a way that they were making fun of it, but being like, wow, maybe we need to rethink the way that we treat our quote celebrities. Right, exactly. And what's interesting is that a lot of times, even when you have plot lines or videos of people crying like that and being upset, it tends to become this thing where it's like, oh, poor, like famous girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like people don't, people tend to not care in that way. And I think something the show did really well was it kind of weaved in those moments of like, here are the struggles that we go through, but also like, here are the highs and here are the things that we get to do. So it wasn't just like, here's the show to make you all feel bad. It was like, here's the show that humanizes us a little and also takes you into our life. And I think it was done in a way where TikTok was able to be like, 
okay, we understand now where we've gone wrong in terms of our treatment, especially in terms of our treatment to Dixie. But also at the same time, like I kind of like this family more now that I get to see them in their natural setting. Yeah, I think that that's what's happening too. Again, I have to watch more episodes, but it, I think that it, what they highlighted is so true. Like this was a complete accident. Charlie was posting videos just like every single other person in her high school was. And yes, once they saw the opportunity, they ran with it. She was the one that said, I think we need to move to LA. Like we are very clearly missing a lot of key opportunities that are arising. So yeah, they, they took it to the next step, but it's not like she asked for the initial fame. No. And you know, it's so interesting, like her trajectory of fame, because it was literally overnight. And I don't think she ever had the time to process what it meant, especially because she's so young. Whereas you take somebody like Addison and a couple of the other friends that Charlie talks about in the show that are like Avani and Mads that, you know, she's very close with, like, these are people that worked on their rise to fame. Like these are people that kind of sought out that fame. And Charlie kind of stands alone in the fact that she really didn't. And it was like, she says this at one point where she's like, you guys are going to post videos, get fame from it, and then turn down opportunities. Of course you're not. Like you would like tell me that you would do that because I don't believe you. So it's interesting because you really watch the way that it was just overnight and she didn't have the chance to sit down and be like, is this something I want? Because by the time she was able to think about it, it was too late. So to watch her navigate that world from the point of view of somebody who just ended up here is fascinating to me. Yeah. And I think also what it really highlights for me is that there are so many people that are in similar situations and they're dealing with the like pressure and the anxiety of it. And they don't have a family to fall back on. You know, a lot of these kids don't have that. And they, this is something they are continuously outwardly grateful for, for having the parents that they do that kind of came in and were like, we are going to insulate you as much as we physically can with just so much love and so much support. And I would say most of the people in their position don't have that. And also the flip side of that is, and we see this a lot with Brittany and with other quote child stars, like it can also be where the parents are that involved, but from the perspective of taking advantage. And so I genuinely believe these are really good people that are just trying to help support their kids in any way they can. And I, I, we've always said kind things about that family and I just like them a lot. Yeah, I've always felt that way. I mean, it's interesting because they are both of the parents, Heidi and Mark, do use TikTok. Like they are very involved in their kids' careers and also kind of, in a sense, building themselves, but not in a way that feels advantageous, just kind of in the way where it's like, okay, our daughters are doing this and we're going to play around with it too. And we're going to make it really a family thing because that's the thing that's going to help us get through it. So I also think the show was really good in the sense of allowing people to see the role that family plays in their lives. Yeah, for sure. And, but also bringing in a team that they seemingly are also involved with, you know, it's not like it's happening behind the scenes with the parents and there's sneaky shit going on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also we know Greg personally, he's a good guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We should, you know, I mean, you guys probably know this. We've been like very hesitant throughout the pandemic to get guests. We have at times, but we definitely do it a lot less than we can just because virtually it's not that same magic. And so we always say, you know, like, if hypothetically speaking, we had the opportunity to get a Kardashian, we would so much rather do it in person because it would just, the quality of the interview would be like superior. I just think we do so much better in person. That being said, and I probably should say this too offline before I say it on here, but we should just look into potentially getting Charlie or Dixie just because I would love to talk to them. Yeah, of course. I mean, we'll talk after, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Okay, let's get into this Kim and Kanye thing. I know last week we were talking all about the Donda listening party and the wedding dress and all of that. And now his song Hurricane came out and one of the lyrics, which I will read, were really talked about. It says, and I quote, here I go acting too rich. Here I go with a new chick. And I know what the truth is. Still playing after two kids. It's a lot to digest when your life's always moving. Which basically was apparently alluding to the fact that he cheated on Kim after they had Saint. And according to a source, quote, there were things that happened during their marriage that Kanye has apologized about. It was hurtful things that made Kim upset. Kim has had some trust issues. This is partly why their marriage didn't work out. Kim was made aware that the lyrics in some of Kanye's new songs were very personal and about their relationship. It wasn't a surprise to her. What do you think about all of that? I was actually really shocked about this. Shocked. And I thought back to a lot of conversations you and I have had where we've spoken about like our view of their marriage and what their issues have been and what issues have been made public. And one of the things that we kind of said a lot was obviously their relationship wasn't perfect. I mean, we saw that we now are dealing with the aftermath of that, which is the divorce. But the one thing that we never really heard about was infidelity rumors. And so for this to come out, it was kind of like, is this true? Is he just using this line for kind of clickbait in his song? Or is this kind of the best kept secret in Hollywood? Or are people going to hear me say that and be like, no, this was not a good kept secret. This is kind of something that everyone knew about, but it was very, very hush hush. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing in terms of like the quote, hush hush rumors that we have heard about the Kardashians. That was not ever one of them. A lot of other shit, but that was not ever one of them. And I will say any time that we've said on the podcast where we've said you know, like the one thing we've never heard about is him cheating on her or infidelity rumors. No one has ever, and obviously not that this is like the grand judge of it all, but no one has ever inboxed us and been like, by the way, I've heard rumors about this, which tends to happen when we make blanket statements like that. Yeah. And you know that now, of course, people will because there's nothing more intoxicating than like, and I told you so type of thing. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not shy to admit that I was completely shocked by this. And also, I don't know if this is fair. Like, I don't really like that I'm saying this, but I'm just being honest. I think there's a part of me that viewed Kim in a way of like, there is no fucking way that she would ever stay married to a guy that cheated on her and she knew it. And I don't know what that means because I don't think that it makes you a stronger or less strong woman by any means for doing that. There was just something about the way that I view Kim of like, that's something she would not put up with. Maybe it's because of her reaction to Chloe when it came to Tristan. I don't know. But I guess I just view her so fiercely loyal that that surprised me as well. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing shocked me. I wonder if she would ever speak on this or dispel those rumors or talk about her own point of view of those rumors or if it was anything that she even knew about. Maybe this is her, you know, maybe post-divorce was her first time finding out about these things. So I don't know, but I was really, really taken back when I heard this. I do believe, though, that 
she had a heads up about the lyrics. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. You know, now, of course, there's a whole conversation about them getting back together. Because I remember last week I had said like, even for a second when I saw them in the wedding dress, I was like, there's no way your response to that was kind of like, you're definitely in the minority of it not crossing your mind, which I recognized. But then after we released the podcast, E! News, which is a source we typically really trust, is saying that there's some truth to the fact that they may be working it out. I am like willing to look like a fucking idiot until the end because I still say there's no way. I don't think so either. But again, you never know. I mean, mean, you're just going to have to see how it plays out. I think we all are because I personally would be shocked my only point in saying the thing about the wedding dress was not for one second about me thinking that that's where they're headed or them getting back together. My only thought in terms of her being in that wedding dress was like, is this a grand gesture of them getting back together? And that's how they're letting the world know. And then after the fact, when we found out it wasn't, I let go of that idea. Not that I was holding on to it in any sort of like, I want this to happen that way. But I just like, once it was confirmed art and not them getting back together the idea of them getting back together like slipped away right after that yeah i don't know i just don't see it but who knows stranger things have clearly happened clearly okay we have to quickly talk about the follow-up of the scott and eunice thing which i think at this point what it's almost a week later from when we recorded our episode 100 percent, it was real because no one in the family scott included have come out and said that it's not so i feel like we can say with pretty much full certainty that we were correct in thinking that the DM was not photoshopped. Yes. Yes. So Amelia posted on her story a photo of a shirt that said, don't you have a girlfriend? And then Rinna posted a picture of Harry Styles, which is relevant because as you guys know, in a few episodes ago on Beverly Hills, she was talking about her and her husband, Harry Hamlin's dislike towards the whole Scott situation. And she made a comment like, why does it have to be Scott Disick? Can it be Harry Styles? She posted the photo and somebody comments, manifestation works. And she responds, it does. And Kyle Richards comments, he, he, he. So everybody is thinking that that means that Amelia and Scott have broken up. I don't know, but I'm just going to tell you, if it does come out that they have, I will not be even the slightest bit surprised because I think, remember how last week on the podcast, our whole thing was like, how does this look for Amelia? Like the entire world already knew that Scott was not over Courtney, but him doing it in this type of display just feels disrespectful. Like there's a very good chance that this would not sit right with her. And I don't think it's the craziest thing that this was This was what kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I would honestly hope so. Like I really hope that this is something that Amelia is going to say like, okay, this is unacceptable. This crossed the line and like, I'm not going to do this. And I- I have to believe that that's the case. Also, just to be super clear, I don't think it's just the DM. I think it has been building, obviously, for a while now. Like, Scott has never been shy in his longing for Courtney. And so I think that if you are somebody that's entering the role as his girlfriend while he's still in the state, you probably put that somewhere in the back of your mind and you maybe want to rationalize it and kind of justify it. And then when something like this happens, at the very least, it's embarrassment, which is like a very disorienting and unpleasant emotion. Right. I also think... Scott is like the ultimate, I can fix him. The ultimate. And that is appealing for a lot of people. I understand that. I've been in that spot. He is like, and there's something, especially with Scott, where it's like the I can fix him combined with like, I can be the girl that makes him get over Courtney, which is like almost a prize. So I can so understand how Amelia or somebody else could end up in that situation where it's like, even though I know he's not over his ex, I'm going to be the person that helps him get there. And like, 
that's going to be the base of our relationship. And obviously, that's just never going to work out in the way that you assume it is or the way you want it to be. And I, I do think that one day Scott will meet somebody where he's like, I'm not in love with Courtney anymore. I've met the person who's right for me. And like, that's helped me to move on. It's just not someone who's 19 years old. Yeah, I absolutely would hope that as well. But that thought process is far too common. You know, it's like, I almost feel like your life as a person that is dating opens up once you realize that's not the end goal. Like fixing somebody and being the person that makes them forget about their ex is not the end goal. That it's the most liberating outlook once you can really internalize that because it's very, it's very appealing. You know, there's something to be said for the feeling like you were the one to change things. I get why that's that's enticing. Yeah, totally. I mean, also, I do think specifically with Scott, I understand why that's enticing. Well, right, because it's aside from everything else, like about him as a person, it's also that quote accomplishment on a grand scale, right? Then you are now known to the world as the girl that got Scott Disick to get over Kourtney Kardashian, which again, you and I can sit here and recognize that that's not the title that people think it is. But I understand if you're the girl in the situation, especially if you're 19 years old, how holy shit that must feel. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Watch this space. I'm telling you. I know that we normally steer away from Instagram posts being cryptic and we try to not put too much emphasis on that, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. In fact, I really hope it is the case. Me too. Anything else you'd like to mention? I think that's it. Yeah. I just want to say again, I know at the end of last episode, I was saying how we didn't say we're the girls behind comments by celebs because we're moving away from saying we're the girls and figuring out what to say. You guys gave us a lot of good suggestions. We're just kind of figuring out what we want to say if we want to have any sort of a substitute. So just be patient with us. But I appreciate you guys being on this journey. Me too. Oh, this is important, Julie. I meant to say this. Sometimes when we upload an episode, there's like a glitch, whether it's with Apple or Spotify or whatever. And we get messages about it. 100% of the time, the people that have the least issues are the ones that are already subscribed. And so I know we never, ever remind people to subscribe because we always forget, but it's honestly not even a numbers thing for us. It will just generally make your listening experience more seamless if you do subscribe. So if you listen every week, but for some reason you're not subscribed, take this moment to do so because that was a direct note from our producer to tell people because we never do. And apparently it makes things a lot more seamless. And honestly, I noticed that on my phone, which I am subscribed and my work phone, I'm not subscribed. I get a lot more glitches on the one that I'm not. Very good remembering to remind people. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, we love you guys so much. We'll see you later this week for Kardashians and Isabel and I will see you later this week for Bravo. Thank you for letting us do this. We feel so lucky. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. 
which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.